Welcome to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Today we're going to be talking about music and lyrics. I mean, we're we're music fans. We we do like our music. We like listening to songs. Uh, one of us actually likes playing songs from time to time. Uh, one of us likes singing songs horribly. But we are passionate about music, and it's we have had a couple of podcasts where we talked about specific songs. But we thought, hey, what about just some songs we know we couldn't make a whole podcast about just one song? And we wanted to talk about certain lyrics and certain songs that kind of move us, kind of get us interested, all that good stuff. Well, I think before we go any further, we need to address the elephant in the room. Which, There's an elephant in the room? Uh, what's the word when they say when it's not really a thing, but it is a thing? Oh, an elephant in the room, I think. Yeah, that's oh, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I know some of our listeners, right, they also do their own podcasts. Yeah. And we just want to give advice. Do not do a podcast on clowns because we researched, the to- I researched the topic heavily the other day and it was an absolute mess. And we had two tries to try and do a podcast on clowns and failed miserably. You know... It- I'm glad you brought that up because not since the beginning of this podcast have we went in, recorded, scratched, and then said, let's try it again and all that. That was the first time since the inception, since we started bringing out our content, that we both looked at each other and said, you know what? This is not working. Yeah, I mean, the pilot was bad crap, but I looked up all this stuff and it is really confusing. I mean, we went to our basic bitch definition on wikipedia that was confusing and then we went to another definition and it said clowns were interchangeable with priests remember that bit yeah the bit where like yeah like go to confession it's like oh sometimes the clown turns into the priest i'm like this has absolutely lost me this is like um you know the american horror right like thing on hbo american horror story what's yeah, it called we, yeah. we we basically ended up confusing ourselves so bad we couldn't even get I, I didn't even know what a clown was by the end of it I, i'll be honest i'm still confused now you have to remember clowns should be an easy topic but you're listening to two people who managed to make a podcast about somebody digging holes. True. Right? And this dude who dug holes, like, before we had him on, I did some research. I went on the internet, and there was some Russian company which dug a hole, I think, was a mile and a half deep into the earth, right? Might only have been a third of a mile, but I'm just going to run with the mile and a half thing because it sounds great. But anyway... So we got this guy on, yeah, and we thought, oh my goodness, he's going to tell us about, oh my goodness, when you dig deep down, you're coming into all these fossils, it's like you're going to get all these oil and all this other stuff. And then we asked him a question, first of all, it's like, well, how many holes do you dig? And he said, oh, yeah, about between 20 and 30 a week. And like the shepherd and I looked at each other and we're like, wow that's fantastic and then we asked him how deep the holes were dug and he said yeah between 12 and 24 inches so and then you know i was on my best behavior because i thought i was literally sat there and i was like well i could bloody do that oh we need to shove yeah so you know that didn't turn out well but that was a fantastic podcast but you just can't do one on clowns no there's you cannot do a successful podcast on clowns that is a uh, publicist 
public service announcement yeah. from us. Just stay away yeah. from clowns. Yeah, we have covered a man who digs 12-inch holes and made it funny. But we couldn't do clowns. But also, I, w- I want to bring this up again. All right. Bill Burr, if you're listening, mate, we love you. But we know you ate the starter you were supposed to bring for us. Exactly. Which we don't necessarily condemn you for because if the shepherd and I, if somebody sent us, like if either of us worked through Uber Eats, we would be eating some of the food on the way to deliver it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we don't blame you, Bill Burr, but no, no. we're a little bit. And it's Bill Vaughn, we're... not Bill Burr. You're thinking Bill of the stand-up. Vaughn? Yeah, Bill Vaughn. Oh, Bill Burr. Oh, yeah, my you're goodness, thinking yeah. of the stand-up comedian. Oh, well, thought... this is how unimportant hole digging is. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest with you. Yep. So there Bill you go. Bill Burr. Joe Rogan. Dang you, because you kind of <laughs> yep. messed up. Yeah. I thought it was Bill Burr. Yeah, well, well we... let's just blame Bill Burr now, because right. I haven't heard of him. Yeah, I, I think we do blame Bill Burr All for right. this. Uh, Screw well, him. we were listening to Uncle Joe earlier. We so, were, yeah. Uh, that, that's probably why you made that mistake. So but did he eat our, our food on the way? Did he steal our food? Bill Burr? Did I he think steal he did. our food? I think Bill Burr did. I think Joe Rogan invited him to Texas, and then Bill Burr went up to Aurora, stopped by Smoking Windmill Barbecue, got our food, grabbed him an alien ale, and ate our food on the way here, and then we never met him. You just I'm can't, pretty, you I'm just pretty can't sure trust anybody, can you? Yeah, you so can. anyway, so the topic today, music and lyrics, the reason I really wanted to bring this up is because we're both musical people. You in, you were in a band, and you were, you know, pretty good at it. I was in a band. I wasn't good in it at all, I'll be honest with you. I totally believe you. Well, that's... Upsetting. And that's that's rare. Yeah. I, I usually don't believe you, but when you say you yeah. were terrible in a band, I totally believe yeah, you. Yeah, you've made me a little bit tearful for that that's condemnation. Okay. Well, lyrics, you know, music and lyrics, I think, you know, there's certain lyrics and songs which make people feel things, you know, and you might not even like the song. I mean, there's a lot of songs I hear lyrics and I don't necessarily like the song, but I hear a lyric and I'm like, it kind of touches you, not inappropriately, but, you know, it kind of touches you and you feel it. And sometimes there's, you know, songs where it's just the music which touches you and there's no lyrics. And so, you know, today I wanted, you know, the shepherd and I to come up with some songs where something meant something to us. And it might not mean anything to anybody else. Some people might not relate to it, but just lyrics and songs which kind of touch you again not inappropriately because we don't have any um legal covering in terms of anybody gets touched inappropriately no that's that's totally true and and this this podcast is going to be a little bit different because typically you're in charge of all the research yeah you you go out you write up all the research you you go to your first page of google and and figure out what we're going to talk about but in full disclosure, because we do not want to lead anybody astray here, before we got started, you came up to me and you said, I want you to pick out some songs that have lyrics that are meaningful for you. And I said, okay, why? And you said, well, I'll tell you later. So I do actually, for one of the first times outside of an interview, have notes in front of me. So this is this is kind of weird for me to actually have my own little chicken scratch page of notes in front of me that I get to refer back to. I 
I feel kind of bizarre right now that I actually am keeping the notes in front of me. Well, my one page you're allowing me to have because you said I can't read that. So Well, we literally only had one piece of paper left, so you had to fit it on one page. So that's that's kind of, why you yeah. only gave me one piece yeah, of paper. Yeah. Okay. So have, yeah. See, that makes sense. Well, now. and actually, that wasn't the first thing I said to you. The first thing I said to you was put your T-shirt back on. I know we've got the air conditioning turned up high because it's really cold outside at the moment here in Texas. 21 degrees. Yes. 14 degrees with the wind chill. But you were sitting there with no t-shirt on. Uh, and, and maybe we should clarify that because, you know, we record long before we put these out. And this is that cold snap in Texas. And, and it is a little bit chilly yeah. outside. So if you hear some teeth chattering or something like that, uh, we apologize. But it, it is a little bit cold. Yeah. So... We decided when we were going to do music and lyrics that we can't do the Smiths, right? Because no. there are Smiths, s- Smiths, we said no, yeah. n- not allowed. Because Smiths is like, Morrissey is like Shakespeare, so it's an absolute waste of time. So I, I thought of two Smith songs at random. Absolutely well, two songs at random. But, but wait, And they were prime examples of why we can't use the Smiths in but, this but I podcast. Think, but I think you might be onto something. What if reincarnation is real and Morrissey actually is Shakespeare? Well, that would have to be reversed, wouldn't it? Because like Shakespeare was there first. Well, no, I'm saying that Morrissey is the oh, reincarnation of Shakespeare. Of Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't no. that explain stuff? That would I mean, explain a lot it, of stuff. Doesn't reincarnation typically yeah. kind of stay local? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, souls just can't jump across the Atlantic, apparently. So wouldn't yeah. that make sense that Morrissey might be Shakespeare? That might be. I like the two songs, right? And I literally just thought of two Smith songs in my head and thought of two verses. Like, So I came up like Reel Around the Fountain, okay, okay which I think was like a B-side of one of the earliest Smith songs. It's time the tale was told of how you took a man and you made him mold. If that's not poetry, I don't know what is, to be honest with you. And that was like a B-side song. Another song off one of our favorite albums, one of the earliest Smith albums, um, Hatful of Hollow, the uh, Girl Afraid song, right? It's like, girl afraid, where do his intentions lay? Or does he really have any? Because he never really looks at me. I give him every opportunity. And that's two B-side songs. I mean, none of the, you know, famous Smith songs, but every song from that period was just literal genius. I mean, and that's why we can't use the Smiths in any of this music and lyrics scene, because he is Shakespeare in, like... No, you're absolutely correct. He's a great lyricist, great singer, all that good stuff. We, We said, okay... No Smith songs. Those are off limits. Right. Uh, we both like the Smiths too much. Uh, we're going to fight over whichever songs we want to pick. Uh, we'd probably pick some of the similar songs, so we're not going to talk about any Smiths lyrics. So having said well, that... and we outside agreed, of the ones yeah. that we just talked yeah. about. So having said that and agreed upon that, I want to actually do a boomerang on you on this one, which you weren't expecting. Please, 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 let me go all one. The opening thing, right? Good times for a change. See, the luck I've had could make a good man turn bad. I mean, I mean, where do you go from that? Yeah, it, it's such a powerful song. And in, in that song, of course, is a very short song compared to, you know, the standard. Barely over song. two minutes. Right. And uh, covered by several bands. 
great song and great message. But I think eighteen bands actually, you know, if you look he, on YouTube. He, yeah, but he didn't really need to have that long of a song in there to get that message across. How old were you when you first heard that song? Because when, because did you hear that firstly on Hatful of Hollow, or what? Did you hear it from the original Smiths eponymous kind of album? No, you... it it would have been Hatful of Hollow is where I had heard it off of. So I don't remember what year Hatful of Hollow came out. It was very definitely uh, early 80s er, so, early to mid 80s yeah. is probably when i heard it so i'm gonna be seven or eight years old somewhere along in there and it was i'll be honest with you i mean listen to that album and the lyrics and that album it was rough on me because you know i identified with a lot of it i wasn't particularly social and hearing songs like that on that album i mean i identified with most of it and i think in a way and it's a funny thing that You'll read of a lot of famous people who listened to the Smiths early in the 80s, especially English people, and they say, the Smiths saved my life. And, you know, in terms of, you know, going to a psychiatrist or anything else, yeah, the Smiths really did save my life in terms of listening to those lyrics and feelings. So, I don't know, I I didn't feel like I had an identity, and a lot of people especially in England at that time, didn't feel like they had an identity because, you know, you didn't have a social media, you didn't have these groups where the goths could come together, where the alts could come together. And you felt you were all alone and suddenly this band came out and just said, you know what, sometimes life's an absolute piece of crap. No, absolutely. And, and of course, we could go on and on about the Smiths. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so anyway, we, we're we getting gotta, them out of the way yep, now. We've got to push We're getting them now. out of the way. So musical lyrics. Right. I asked you to put down on paper some songs, maybe some lyrics which spoke to you, even if you weren't necessarily a big fan of the song. So uh, if I said to you, what are your top favorite songs? None of these songs might be in your list. Yeah, it, I I look back and of course I had a very short time to figure this out. But I mean, the first song right out of the gate for me is by my all time favorite band, Flogging Molly. Uh, been a Flogging Molly fan for years. Uh, been very thankful that I actually know a few guys in the band. Uh, talk to them on a infrequent basis, but every time they come into town, get to sit down with them, hang out with them, and talk to them. One of their first songs that I remember hearing the song and saying, "Man, the the lyrics are really powerful in this song." is a song by Flogging Molly called If I Ever Leave This World Alive. Part of what we were looking at with this podcast is just like little snippets. So it's not like we're going to read, you know, the lyrics to the entire song of any of these songs. But what we're actually going to look at is just kind of one of the most powerful statements in that song. And one thing that I love about this song is the following line. So in a word, don't shed a tear. I'll be here when it all gets weird. That one always hit me really hard. I've also told my wife, uh, and I've since now said, don't give me a funeral. But I always said, at my funeral, I want this song played for the simple fact of that line in there. Of course, the song's called If I Ever Leave This World Alive. Well, can I interrupt there? Because you said I had complete autonomy over what happens when you die, and I was just going to set fire to you and like throw you in a ditch. Yes. Well, once again, like I said, this is back when I actually... on your life insurance policy. 
Well, that was back when I wanted a funeral. Oh, now I don't. Yeah, no, you don't. No. So what about that lyric? I mean, you know, I joke about it in terms of like touches you inappropriately. I think there are some lyrics which jump into parts of you where you don't necessarily want to expose to people even you're close to. But some lyrics just kind of, I don't know, make you well up with tears or just make you feel a certain way. And sometimes you can't even understand understand why they make you feel like that without lyric i mean what about that lyric kind of hits you the reason that i always said that song needs to be played at my funeral is because i i know i'll die before my wife she's much healthier than i am takes better care of herself and all that and i wanted her to really dig into the lyrics on that song to basically say hey things are weird right now you know i'm gone of course she's i've always joked but in seriousness i know she'll probably take a date to my funeral uh, it's not going to be difficult for her to find somebody else after me but i kind of wanted to let her know hey you know I, i'm still going to be here it, when all this stuff is now weird it's a powerful line in that song that's partly true but like i said you sneaked in me on third beneficiary on your life insurance so true. i guarantee you she won't be turning up to oh. your funeral so anyway oh, that's okay so my um i mean i'll be dead so what do i care well i don't know we've got a medium who mm. we're going to be interviewing in a couple of weeks hey don't don't be letting out the secrets all right See, there you go again yeah. he good he good he, he talks dead people a lot so um my, my first song it's an awkward song for me because i don't understand why i like the lyric okay it's arcade arcade fire speaking in tongues now the music in terms of the guitar it sounds like somebody very angry but very desperate you know what it is you know when you hit the guitar strings rather than just like playing them you're like spanking the guitar almost, almost. like a rage against the machine yeah song, the yeah way Tom it's, Morello it's like you really yeah exactly you're like angry at the guitar but it's the only way you can get your emotion out and you know the lyric from this song his hypocrite reader, my double, my brother, where did we lose our way? And I've struggled for like a number of years with this lyric because it's introspective. It's um, one of these existential type lyrics of like, it. it's really talking about himself, you know, hypocrite reader, my double, my brother, where did we lose our way? And with the angriness, I guess, of the guitar playing it, for me, I, I don't, th this is the one song, and this is why I chose this first, I don't understand why I like this lyric. I mean, I love the song, I love the guitar playing, but that lyric, I don't know, stuck with me for years and years. I, I still don't really understand it. I don't know if it's looking insular-wise, but hypocrite reader, my double, my brother, where did we lose our way? Like I said, I still don't understand it really to this day, but it just comes up to me whenever I hear that song. I mean, that's repeated like about, I think, three or four times during the song. Just every time it stirs something in me, and I just don't know why. I think there's a lot of songs that stir things up in us, and we don't really know why. For instance, the the next one on my list, and you know me growing up, wanting to be in an alt-rock band and being kind of that teenager of the 90s, it was impossible not to have Nirvana right. be a, yeah. a, 
influence on guitar playing. It was going to be Nirvana or Pearl Jam at that point in time. And so even though it wasn't one of my favorite Nirvana songs, one line that I always loved in Nirvana songs was from All Apologies, which is just a very simple line. I wish I was like you easily amused Hmm. and it's it's kind of powerful my wife even gets on me right now we'll watch a quote-unquote comedy on tv or or a movie and she'll look over at me and she'll be laughing she's like why aren't you laughing and i'll say well it's not really that funny and i think that's why that one hits me because i'm just not easily amused now on the flip side of that coin there are some things that i find hilariously funny that a lot of other people don't, but they're far and few between. And I look at myself as that same person Kurt Cobain was singing about when he said, I wish I was like you, easily amused. And I've just never been easily amused. Yeah. Now, I understand this, because obviously I know you. And and to carry on from that, uh, like I I like stand-up comedy, but... I'm not one that watches a stand-up comedy show, and when you hear everybody laugh every 15 to 20 seconds, I might laugh six times in an hour. Right. Now, I'm entertained, but I'm not amused. Well, neither of us are people who, like, go along with a laughter track. Right. Right, and I think that's one of the big things, but um, I couldn't remember that lyric, but when you bring it up... I remember somebody from a band back early 80s said, you know, I wish sometimes I could just be a builder, a bricklayer, because I just like to be, I just like to have a job and just be happy at doing it. Go out in the morning knowing what I'm going to do, do my job and come back home at night and collect my paycheck and, you know, just live that simplistic lifestyle because you know and really i mean it is one of those early 80s you know all of the kind of old bands and punk rock bands new wave bands were all anti-capitalist but it was just like somebody said i I would just like a simple life you know sometimes being smart being an intelligent brings a certain amount of depression and then when you go back and look at all these great people in history all the great poets all the great lyricists and everything else they were depressed and their intelligence did bring them out you know depression i mean the same thing with morrissey we were talking about and that thing they i wish i wish i was like you easily amused i wish i could just sit there and just be happy looking at bull crap i wish i could just sit here on the couch and just be entertained by this useless crap being put in front of me. But you can't because you're too smart. You're too intelligent. You realize, yeah, it's not funny. There's a laugh track. It's contrived. There's nothing really inventive about it. And I, I don't know if you ask me, would I like to be easily amused? Or would I like to be intelligent but a little bit depressed? I honestly don't know what I'd go with. I well, know. I think it also goes back to the famous saying, and I don't know if it's attributed to anybody or not, ignorance is bliss. Right. Right. So, yeah. it, So the people that are ignorant, and of course ignorant, contains a a negative connotation and it's not necessarily that whatsoever but sometimes ignorance is bliss when yeah. you don't know any better you're happier right you you are happier when you just don't know any better yeah and there is some bliss 
within that. Yeah. No, it most certainly is. No, that's absolutely true. And that, you know, until you mention that, no, I mean, I have heard that from a variety of sources in different ways it's been you know maybe portrayed or explained and that's the absolute truth that you know it would be nice just to be able to be happy and just accept things the way they are in society you know you not question your government not question anything and just be happy and just live your life but i think there's a point where you know if you're kind of smart that you start getting issues with things. You start getting disgruntled with things you should otherwise accept. You know, I think I've always felt that way in a bit, you know. And so now I absolutely appreciate that lyric. Now, I, um, Before yeah. you go to your next one, it yeah. kind of reminds me of an, a, not an article, but I think it was a, a Twitter response to somebody they were talking about. And ironically, well, I don't know your list. You don't know my list, but I'm going to guess for a second. You don't have a Rage Against the Machine song on there. I remember seeing a tweet that somebody was attacking Rage Against the Machine about them being too political. And somebody on Twitter actually said, what machine do you think they were raging against? Right. The washing machine? Uh, because it's the political machine that they yeah. were raging against. Right. And yeah. and all of a sudden you do get some bands that have political messages that have some kind of message, kind of like Morrissey or something like that. And it tries to take people out of that ignorance. But a lot of times they just say, oh, I like the the way the beat is. I, I like the melody of the song. They don't even know what they're singing. They don't know why they like the song, but it's a catchy melody. It's got a great hook. It's got a good guitar riff. It's got whatever it is in there. So that's part of that ignorance is bliss. You know, yeah. when, pe when people are singing along with songs and they don't even realize what they're singing. Well, one thing I will say for Rage Against the Machine, if they were an instrumental band, you'd still feel the same way. I yeah. just think the way they played their instruments, it got you riled up and made you oh. think about something you needed to be like well, passionate it, about. No, you're absolutely correct. My wife does not like it when I listen to Rage Against the Machine because she says I start to get angry. Yeah. I, I just, all of a sudden, my mood starts changing yeah. and that... Yeah, anger starts coming out and yeah. it's completely subconscious but you kind of hear that yeah. in the music and then the message yeah. behind the lyrics is the same yeah. way it's like so. turn off the housewives of orange county i want to watch paw patrol yeah right. it's yeah it's there a real you yeah you switched it so my second song is that little bit of a bizarre one because it's Taylor Swift, and I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. All right, so I'm it, during this segment, I'm going to tune out. Yeah, and and you're just going to talk because yeah. I'm not going to say anything yeah. about Taylor Swift. But it, this one's all on yeah, you. Yeah, but there was an early song she did called "Change," right? And you know, you know, we've mentioned it on my pod, well, on the podcasts. Oh, oh, that, do you have a separate podcast? I don't know about. Well, I do have one, which oh. is just purely selling clothes. How's that going for you? It's not working out uh, very well, I'll be honest I'm with you. I'm sorry. I haven't sold anything. Mm. I'm still doing it, though, twice a week. You know, Taylor Swift, Change. Now, the reason I got connected with this song, because, as you know, my son has autism. You know, as an autism parent, you're always looking for this hope that there's some development. And, you know, this song, you know, I'll go right into the lyric, actually. It says, uh, 
tonight we'll stand, get off our knees, fight for what we've worked for all these years. And the battle was long. It's the fight of our lives, but we'll stand up champions tonight. It was the night things changed. Can you see it now? These walls they put up to hold us back fell down. It's a revolution throughout your hands because we never gave in. And we'll sing hallelujah. We sang hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so to me, I mean, that song, I mean, you know, forgetting how I feel or don't feel about Taylor Swift, that song just really speaks to me about my son. And it's hard for me to listen to that song without crying, especially that last part of that song, because, you know, it's everything I want. You know, I want my son to have victory, you know, to overcome the hurdles he's got. And yeah, I mean, those lyrics, like I said, when we said about, you know, these songs might not be in our top 10 songs, but it's just the lyrics. You know, I mean, that that for me, I mean, that that's a powerful song for me. And I see what you're saying. I mean, th- there's another one. So the next one on my list, kind of a powerful song with me. And once again, here we go. We're dealing with death. And the song was actually written by a guy named Wayne Cochran. Then a band called J. Frank Wilson and the Cavaliers got it up a little bit more into popularity, but in my generation, when I'm growing up listening to music, and I heard Pearl Jam cover the song, it really hit me hard, and I remember playing the song by Pearl Jam for my parents, and my dad saying, well, they didn't write that, I've heard this song before, and if you haven't figured it out by now, it's Last Kiss by Pearl Jam, and it's an extremely, extremely sad song. But there's a line in that song that to me is very powerful that says, she's gone to heaven, so I've got to be good so I can see my baby when I leave this world. Right. That's a super powerful line. Now, now I never knew that that was a cover version when I first heard that song. Well, well, neither did I. You know, I I don't remember exactly when Pearl Jam released their uh, cover version. I mean, it's a great cover version. It really is. But I I just remember my dad telling me, well, it, you know, that's an old song. It's almost like, and this isn't on our list. And uh, now that we're right in the middle of this, now I'm thinking Cats in the Cradle would have been a good <laughs> one right now. Because uh, I, I remember hearing a cover version of Cats in the Cradle. And was an old band who covered that, right? What was the name oh. of that covered that song? Ugly Kid Joe was the name of the band, I think, that covered the song. Was it? Or or something like that. But but hey, now that was the band who did I Hate Everything About You, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure. I, yeah. And I remember a, a good friend of mine, Tommy True Love. Uh, hopefully you're listening to this, man. But I remember going to your next door neighbor's house and we played that song off of a tape I think we made. And his dad and the guy that lived in the house that we were playing pool with, they both looked at us as kids saying, this is an old song. This is not a brand new song. Because we were like, this is a great song. It's brand new. And we didn't know. But going back to Last Kiss, when I heard the original, I was like, okay, well, you know, that's good too. But you listen to the whole song and you realize what a sad song now that didn't is. now didn't pearl jam actually record that on like an original like eight track or something because when you listen to it they they did it 
so it actually sounds kind of old like it was you were playing it on a 45 well, or you were you do whatever. have I mean, to remember kind of, well i know you're not you know an audiophile guy like i am not that i'm great at it but i i kind of study a little bit of this but pearl jam has always been all about analog recording versus digital recording right i mean even dave Grohl and the foo fighters you know they like recording into that old analog sound recording on tape and then having to convert it over to digital so you can stream it and download it and put it on CDs and everything. But yeah. Pearl Jam always wanted to record that old analog style and it gives it that kind of warm feeling. And then when you listen to it on vinyl, it's even more warm. Now, this was unexpected for you, but I know this is about music and lyrics. I wanted to bring in your top three instrumental songs ever top like, three because you, remi you reminded me with like instrumental fighters. so so no lyrics at no all. lyrics yeah uh, yeah you can't use melancholy in the infinite sadness because that's a given yeah yeah that was one of the, that was going to be in there the beethoven, intro track. beethoven would have killed himself to have written that yeah now that song. that honestly would have been in the top three most it, perfect honestly piece of music ever believe it or not i used to use that song as a wake-up song on alexa i had a uh oh. you know an alarm set and alexa would wake me up at a certain time and then played that song and i had to stop it because i started to associate that with having to get up out of bed i always loved well, you that see, song and i and of course i still do i have a similar uh, story on that that i had it but it would send me into lucid dreaming it wouldn't wake me up because hmm. i loved that music so much that melancholy and the infinite sadness yeah. and i, I, had it I remember i would go into lucid dreaming i remember it. buying that record or or album or whatever you want to call it right and popping that first cd in remember it was a two cd yeah, two set CDs, yeah it, you know and popping that first cd in and listening to that song thinking wow this is the smashing pumpkins and then of course tonight tonight was right after that that had an orchestral you know beginning and i'm like man i love this band but where are they going with this because this is utterly fantastic and i still love that first track on melancholy yeah. and that's not that's not Many yeah. pieces of music which you'll actually use the word beautiful about, but melancholy and the infinite sadness. Yes. That is a beautiful piece of music. So anyway, yeah. so you got three other pieces of music oh, quick off the top of your okay. head. You got yeah. like less than twenty seconds to bring Okay. Up. So uh and it can be in, in songs no. where there's actually lyrics, but just pieces of music. Which you it, like I'm well, I I know one right off the top of my head and I cannot think of the name of the song and it's driving me nuts but it's the first track off the toadies rubberneck album mr love i believe is the name of the song and i'm probably going to get fact check horribly on this but it's just guitar and, and drums and everything and i think there's a couple of little you know talking in there there's not any real singing but i remember that being like this instrumental track where it said you know that's great but the toadies rubberneck album i think it was 1994 toadies were big in fort worth and dallas uh, back when you know i was really into music wanting to be in a band and everything i mean one of my dreams was to get a call from a club in deep ellum and say hey your band's gonna open for the toadies tonight and i always wanted that to happen yeah. uh, so that would be one Honestly, uh, the theme from Star Wars, 
it's always going to be on that list. I, I think it is a great piece of music that John Williams put together on there. Now uh, you're talking about the dun 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 dun, yeah. not the um although that was my ringtone yeah. on my phone for a long time well you told me that was your sex music when yes. you well, make love is. to your wife that's your yep. you use that star wars that, that's music. right that, yeah. that's why yeah. I, I can go three and a half minutes yeah but uh so so we got those two remember it doesn't have to be it can just be an instrumental of a song the rest of the songs have some singing in it there, okay, so here we go back with Smashing Pumpkins. The uh, it, Because of Spotify that we have now, there is a, I think it's called Sadlands or Badlands demo, and there is an instrumental version of 33 that right. you can listen to on Spotify. And I've always loved the music behind 33. Uh, it's a good song all the way around. It, even the the regular song, I love how the bass comes in on that song back when Darcy was playing the bass for Smashing Pumpkins and all that good stuff. I'm going to have to go with that is my number three. Right. Now, that, now that you hit me out of left field, I mean, it, right. look, you came in and we were going to record and you gave me like this short amount of time to think about yeah. that. And I'm like... God, there's there's so much, and I know I'm missing this, and we're, I'm going to listen back and say, oh, I should have said this song. Oh, yeah. I should have said that song. Those are the first ones that popped into my right. head. So All right, so, no, no, no. So it's mine. I was going to say, Sorry, you did this mine. to me, it, and of course, you knew you were going to do it to me, so you well, probably already I need have to yours. No, I only decided like, okay. about 10 seconds before I said it. But um, I think with mine, Everlong by the Foo Fighters, that introduction is just... Dun, 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 dun. Well, okay, That's... now you're, but now you're changing the rules. No, I told you it doesn't have to be somebody singing. It just has to oh. be a piece of music. It just has to be an instrumental. Oh. Which there's instrumentals in songs. Well, sure. I if we go with that, I mean, we're gonna need like six hours, right? I love the solo in Tripping Daisy. Uh, their record, I'm an Elastic Firecracker. I can't think of the name of the song. It's the longest song on the record. The song's seriously like seven or eight minutes long, and the guitar solo is incredible. I could tell you November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Right, yeah. The the guitar solo yeah. in November Rain and the piano in oh. that is just utterly Maybe amazing. Maybe you misunderstood the question. I probably piece did. piece of music, yeah. Yeah. So, no, Everlong, Foo Fighters, love that. Smells Like Teen Spirit, Nirvana. There was never any lyrics in the song. Yeah, that I think intro, that was... They'd have just played that the whole song i think that would have got things i done. think that was the third song i learned how to play on the guitar yeah. and it was the first song i taught my son how to play on the guitar yeah. said it's it that first riff is so powerful and it's so easy to play but yeah you, you basically have to have this in your wheelhouse yeah. if you're going to play the guitar now really surprising one because it surprises me and it's on my list is a landslide by fleetwood mac so here we go with the Smashing Pumpkins again, right? You have Landslide come out by Fleetwood Mac, and I never was a Fleetwood Mac fan. And it's kind of ironic. I, I mean, I really wish Tommy Love was sitting here because he loved Fleetwood Mac. And he always tried to get me to listen to Fleetwood Mac and get into him, and I never could. Then 
Pisces Iscariot came out by Smashing Pumpkins and they covered Landslide. And I'm like, this is the greatest song. Have you ever heard this? And he's like, well, this isn't a Smashing Pumpkins song. This is a Fleetwood Mac song. And I almost stopped liking the song because for some reason I just was so anti-Fleetwood Mac. But my favorite part about Landslide, and I still think that Smashing Pumpkins did a better job than Fleetwood Mac, hands down. I know they wrote the song, but... but remember, the, it's a piece of music. They still right. play it the same but, way. But the no, the Pumpkins do a better yeah. job. But I remember when the Dixie Chicks, which now they're just the, the chicks, chicks, yeah. when they brought out their version, my wife's like, oh, you got to listen to this. And I'm like, I, I hate it. I, yeah. I absolutely hate it. it it's almost like they said, bomb. okay... Fleetwood Mac wrote the song, the Pumpkins covered it, but now we're going to try to cover the Pumpkins version and do a terrible job. It was horrible. Yeah. It's terrible. I agree. Now, my last piece actually breaches into our list, Smashing Pumpkins Tonight, Tonight. The intro to that song. Should we have just called this podcast Why We Love the Smashing Pumpkins? Well, after we did the Smiths bit, yeah. But no, I mean, the intro to the Tonight, Tonight, have you heard it's the just... strings only version yes, on Spotify have. Of tonight? Yeah, tonight? yeah, I have. Yeah, is that I, not amazing? I go into like all types of heaven when I listen yeah. to that. But no, the intro to tonight's night uh, again, it makes me feel things I don't know necessarily what I'm feeling. But going back to the music and lyrics thing, the thing I was going to come up with, the opening thing, time is never time at all. And about the relativity you can of... never ever leave. Yeah, but, but about the relativity of, you know, time is never time at all. Yeah, the opening part to that song just sends me to directions and places which it just hits in different parts of my heart, my mind, I just can't explain. But that being the following on song from you know, obviously Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness on that album. You listen to Melancholy and then it breaks in with Tonight, Tonight. I mean, I think that album... It's a powerful it, It's album. like DMT. It's like it dimethyltryptamine. I mean, it, it, that that album sends you to places which... I remember, you know, it, in, and let's talk just a little bit more about the pumpkins and then move on. I remember listening to Gish, their first record, and uh, knew about that before, you know, a lot of folks did. And then the uh, the next record come out, and for some reason I'm drawing a blank of uh, the name of the next record, but that was the one that Today was on, which I always loved the song yeah. Today. Siamese Dream, there it mm-hmm. is. Uh, Siamese Dream came out, and then Today kind of made the Pumpkins super popular. And then there were uh, other great songs on there, Rocket and... Uh, Lots of good songs. Lots of good songs. But my parents, they knew I liked the Smashing Pumpkins, and they would hear me playing all this. And, of course, I was always, as a kid, trying to get my parents to say, hey, you know, listen to this. You know, this is a great song. And and they just, no, no, we don't like it. It's too much screaming, too much this. You know, they don't like screaming. I remember when I played Tonight Tonight for my parents, and I said, you've got to listen to this song. This is an amazing song. And both my father and my mother heard the song, and they're like, that is so great. I wish you would listen to more music like this. I said, Mom and Dad, this is the Smashing Pumpkins. Right. And they couldn't believe it. So after that, I would play them a different song, and I'd say, eh, what do you think of this? My mom literally 
would always say, is this the Smashing Pumpkins right. after that? That also probably, that Tonight Tonight is one of my top three videos, music videos oh, of all time. fantastic video. Ever. I mean, my number one video all time, hands down, November Rain. Right. Never was a big Guns N' Roses fan, but all time top yeah. favorite video of all time, yeah. November Rain. But yeah, you, that, you you can't yeah. outdo that, and and I don't want to hear crap about the thriller. Right. Yeah. We're we're not going there. Yeah. November Rain, no. great video. Yeah. Tonight, 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 tonight. Yeah, I, I, I think agree that, with you. Did, that by the way, just, here's a little trivia. Yeah. So, mm. did you know that I think it was Aeroplane by Red Hot Chili Peppers? They were actually looking at doing a video kind of like that. And the pumpkins were actually looking at doing a video like Aeroplane mm -hmm. because it was this kind of bizarre video that Red Hot Chili Peppers did for that song. And they decided to, you know, kind of divide out and we'll take this yeah. genre, you take that genre. Because huh. it was right along the same time. Uh -huh. And obviously the pumpkins... Back when MTV mattered, yeah. they won all the awards yeah. and Chili Peppers didn't win anything. Yeah, before it's about 16-year-olds getting married and stuff when mm -hmm. MTV mattered. You know, before we leave the Pumpkins thing, you know, one of the songs I forgot, which really, I think, it hit me hard was the uh, Bullet with Bullet Butterfly, with butterfly wings. wings. Was the World is a Vampire. When he Suit opened up with that lyric, the world is a vampire. And then it got onto the sort of like, you know, despite all my rage, I'm just ready to rock. And the, but I mean, yeah, that opening lyric of that song, you know, you can understand it. I mean, it doesn't matter what yeah. your political views are, whether you're anti-capitalist, blah, blah, blah. You know, the world is a vampire. I mean, that it just opening in terms of a song, given where they're at at the time. I mean, for me, when I heard that, I mean, I never not get chills going up my spine when I hear that lyric and hear that thing. I know I'm going to have to rush through the rest of this list because your wife has ordered some food for you yes. at home. I'm, One of I'm, those I'm, rare occasions where you're going to have dinner waiting for you when you get home. So I've got to rush through this. It's only twice a year. Yeah. So I've, One of the songs, which I, is really quick and simple, Rihanna, Stay. Never I, now, I love the piano bit of it. And I mean, it's a beautiful love song, but there's this lyric in it which says, Well, funny you're the broken one, but I'm the only one who needed saving. And it's a little bit sarcastic in a way. It's like, you know, when you, I don't know, when people date those people who are like narcissistic and like make themselves out to be the victim. And, but, you know, like, uh, uh, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, you need to take care of me. But then they make everything about you being the problem and stuff. And I just love that lyric. You know, they're all funny, you're the broken one, but I'm the only one who needed saving. That song, I mean, like I said, the piano in it is fantastic. I'm not a Rihanna, Rihanna fan, but that song I think is beautiful. And I think I really do like that lyric because I, I think most people have dated somebody who they think, yeah, they kind of victimize themselves. And we kind of got a little serious with some of this, but one of the ones that I chose was actually kind of a fun song. And lyrics that kind of mean something to me. There was a band called Bowling for Soup. Uh, I, I went to college at the University of North Texas in Denton, Texas. And this band was from Denton, Texas. And I remember this band got their start playing on a little street called Fry Street right outside the college. 
and then got some nationwide stuff. And they had one song called Ohio, and then they eventually had to put in parentheses, Come Back to Texas, because it was kind of all about Texas. And in the entire song, I mean, I could I could read the entire song, and if you live in Texas, you would love the references that they put in this song. But one of the, the best parts of the song is the chorus, which the chorus actually reads, Come Back to Texas. Well, let me back up. So the, the song's basically about losing a girlfriend that moves to Ohio, and that's why they call the song Ohio. So the chorus of the song is, Come back to Texas. It's just not the same since you went away. Before you lose your accent and forget all about the Lone Star State, there's a seat for you at the rodeo, and I've got every slow dance saved. Besides... The Mexican food sucks north of here anyway. Such a great chorus. It, yeah. And there's so many references to Texas yeah. in that song. It, it, there's like a, what do you call it? Like a bridge in there. It's like, you know, Bluebell wants you back. The Bush Twins want you back. It, it's such a, it's a fun song. It's a happy song. But I've always loved the chorus of that song yeah. because you and I both live in here in the great state of Texas. When you hear that song, you almost want to play it for other people yeah. and say, "This is Texas," and they even reference Denton yeah. County. Now you ever really losing a girl who moves to Ohio? Well, if if she decides to move to Ohio, then she's well, probably Texas, not. You're not yeah, the she's one probably for me. not. You know, yeah, the one she's for probably me. not worth it. One of the songs which we actually both chose on this was Radiohead, "Fake Plastic Trees." Right, one of the great songs of you know in terms of English alt music that was almost on my list yeah. until you told me no yeah you can't uh, choose that, it yeah i've already done I, it you yeah. already chose yeah, it yeah you can't have you, it you use veto power i think the way it starts off very simple right there's two chords until halfway in the song right so you can teach anybody to play this song and then it kind uh, of crescendos no hang on i don't think i could teach you how to play it i can play fake plastic trees guitar hero doesn't count all right, then. I can't play fake plastic okay. trays. All right. There anyway, I've got two sets of lyrics from this song. She lives with a broken man, a cracked polystyrene man who just crumbles. For one, which is like, yeah, it's pretty freaking deep. And then the second part, she looks like the real thing. She tastes like the real thing. My fake plastic love. The sad part <sighs> is that fake plastic love... We could spin that into another yeah, yeah, whole podcast yeah, and, and yeah, that might get a little yeah, scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I mean, I think that first thing about you take it, it's about the same person, but you know, she lives with a broken man, a cracked polystyrene man who just crumbles. It's somebody who just breaks apart and loses their crap at every little, you know, instigation. And then you've got the other thing, the other side of it, where it's like, she looks like the real thing. She tastes like the real thing. My fake plastic love it's like this person who i don't know it, it just seems like it, it seems like it touches all my buttons pushes all my buttons that but i just radio, don't want i just don't want it it's just pathetic radiohead radiohead has always been one of those bands that's kind of always been outside the norm uh creative almost like the smiths yeah and, and let's be careful we don't want to get in the smiths yeah. again but uh they they've almost been kind of like the smiths yeah that 
they've always tried to go outside the box with yeah. the way they've done stuff. Distribution of records, distribution yeah. of tickets, concert tickets, kind of like Pearl Jam did as well. Totally yeah. get where they're going with it. Yeah. I mean, Tom York is the genius. I mean, he actually has some, I think it's his brother who had a band called The Unbelievable Truth. There's a few songs which I have by them, which again, fantastic. But yeah, Tom Tom York's lyrics. I mean, he did a song for one of the Twilight movies, uh, Hearing Damage. And you listen to that song and just the whole beat of that song. Again, if nobody sings to it, there's no lyrics in it. It's just one of those songs which evokes an emotion in you. And I think Radiohead, you know, did a very good job. You take like Karma Police, you know, songs like that. The guitar in it, I mean, it's it's like somebody taking the strings of the guitar and strangling you at times in terms of what it evokes, in terms of emotion. And even if you didn't hear the lyrics, because Tommy York doesn't always sing that well that you can actually understand the lyrics. You know, you actually have to look them up to actually, you know, especially like, songs like come a police and stuff you actually have to look it up to see exactly what he's saying but it's just i don't know radiohead i mean they're for as long as they've been around they're very powerful mood yes. mood based band now move on were you going on my, your last song yeah now? so yeah. my last song is by Joni mitchell and in full disclosure i didn't know it was a Joni mitchell song when i first heard it not true. Because I heard the Counting Crows version first and then dug into the song and realized Joni Mitchell wrote the song and first performed the song, and that's Big Yellow Taxi. I think that song has such a powerful message in it, and one of my favorite little pieces of that song is Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Such a great line and, and so powerful, such a great metaphor because you don't realize when you know some aspects of your life go away and then you move on to a new spot or you know maybe you go back to your hometown and you say, I, I remember when this looked like this. I remember that the house I'm living in right now, this is no lie, the house I'm living in right now, I know when I was a kid, I walked around that field with a shotgun with a friend of mine and we were hunting doves and now it's nothing but houses. It's powerful that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And when the Counting Crows did it, you know, I love Counting Crows. I've seen them two or three times live, but I kind of almost understand why they decided to go ahead and cover that song because of the message behind it. Well, you, you don't know what you've got well, till it's gone. Well, that lyric you've literally said Right, with the Counting Crows, with the song A Long December, there is this verse at the end of it says, um, and it's been a long December and there is reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last. I can't remember all the times I tried to tell myself to hold on to these moments while they pass. Well, I exactly, think... Exactly, kind of... Yeah, <laughs> but I think Adam Duritz, the lead singer of Counting Crows, it, that guy's got a lot of pain. Yeah, it, it in his life, and I think that's what makes a lot of the songs so powerful. I remember 
seeing them live on the Recovering the Satellites tour. In fact, I believe it or not, I still have the t-shirt from that show when I saw them in a tiny little club over in Dallas. There might have been 200 people there. And I remember standing in that club. I was probably five people away from the front of the stage. Tiny little club, so 200 people, not that big of a deal. And I fired up a cigar and was smoking a cigar while they were playing. And Adam Duritz just kind of looked at me and then gave me this nod that, you know, I was sitting there smoking a cigar. And I I was almost as close as I am to you right now from him. It was kind of bizarre. I've always liked the the small shows versus the, the big stadium shows. But most kids nowadays... They don't get to go see the the small music shows anymore. Everything's the big stadium shows. But back in those days, I always liked the small shows. You know, the Counting Crows were almost a band which I wanted to actually not kind of talk about in this because I think a lot of their songs, you know, Recovering the Satellites, Mr. Jones, you know, Cowboys and stuff. A lot of Adam Duritz's lyrics are just like pure poetry. And, you know, I wanted to avoid that because it's just too easy to choose those songs. But it's impossible for me to give you a list of powerful lyrics without including him. Yeah, exactly. That's it, why we have to get rid of the Smiths, get rid of the right. Can Crows, get rid of these bands. Because yeah, well, it's just you, too easy. Well, you, know? you told me no yeah. Smiths. You yeah. never said no yeah, Counting well, Crows. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's the same thing. Your, well, your last one. Right, my last one, which isn't going to be the last one, because I'm going to stick in like three really quickly here, actually. Third Eye Blind, how, how's it going to be? Uh, I wonder how it's going to be when you don't know me. How's it going to be when you're sure I'm not there? You know, when you've broken up with somebody and they know it's done and you've kind of got that self-sufficient kind of attitude of like, don't bother trying to resurrect this relationship because I am freaking done. But how's it going to feel when I'm not around anymore? I mean, you there's a lot of things you can say about that song, but I think that's one of the best breakup songs ever. How yeah. is it going to be? I, you gotta, I'll you give you that. Um, one of the best breakup songs ever, right? So I'll give you that one. Shifting on, because we ran out of time, because I know you want to get home and eat the food, which I'm, your I'm wife hum- has ordered for you. I'm hungry. So Coldplay, The Scientist, like, I don't know if you know that song. We probably I, don't. I don't like Coldplay. Beautiful, beautiful. I don't like Coldplay. Yeah, but... I, I'm just not a fan. But again, the, like but again the early albums... Right, very, very poetic, all right? And the piano stuff, I mean, you've got a dude who's like, can play incredible, incredible piano and guitar, everything else. But lyrics, come up to meet you, tell you I'm sorry, you don't know how lovely you are. I had to find you, tell you I need you, tell you I set you apart. And, you know, it's funny, you watch the video of that song and everything's in reverse, right? The entire video is in reverse, and, you know, those lyrics without piano music to me, I mean, again, it, it was just like a beautiful thing. Like, could I relate to it? No, not necessarily. But it was just a beautiful thing. It's just when you talk about Guns N' Roses and November Rain, it's not relatable. It's just a beautiful image, like in the video and the lyrics and music and everything which goes with it. You know, especially with how the piano starts and that, and when it gets in the guitar, it's just a beautiful thing. And that's the same thing. Well, who the heck is? Yeah. Somebody just drove by the, yeah, somebody just drove by the studio and said, listen to my muffler. Yeah. We're not listening to anybody's muffler without sponsorship.
just want to put that out there. So my last song, again, a song which I know you have never heard of. It's by Aqualung. It's called Strange and Beautiful. And it's really a song about unrequited love. And the lyrics are, sometimes the last thing you want comes in first. And sometimes the first thing you want never comes. A lot of truth A to lot that. of people can relate to that, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, the chorus is, I'll put a spell on you. You fall asleep, I'll put a spell on you. When I wake you, I'll be the first thing you see and you'll realize that you love me. Hmm. I mean, just a, to me, that was always kind of like a nerdish view of a love song of like, you know, I've got no way to get this girl to like me. And so, yeah, I'll turn to magic or blah, blah, blah. But I mean, that's the whole oh. epitome of unrequited love when you've got hmm. somebody who doesn't even acknowledge your existence and stuff. And it's like, you're just going to wake up and you're just going to fall in love with me. And it's stupid notion but this is the type of stuff when you're a kid when you're in your early teens and you like somebody in high school or whatever that you know how do you just get this person to like you or know you and you come up with these stupid imaginary things when you're in the shower or the bath or while you're laying in bed late at night of how can i get this person to love me and this song's about i'll put a spell on you and when you wake up I'll be the first thing you see and you'll fall in love with me. And just mean the most stupid answer to try and get somebody like you. Well, you know? it, I remember one of the many songs that I learned how to play on the guitar years ago. And this isn't on my list, but kind of going back to what you said is Tyler by the Toadies. Once again, bringing them up. I mean, Fort Worth band, got to give them some props here. But that's kind of what that song is all about. And because the music was good and all of that, nobody really read into the lyrics behind the song. But there's actually a line in the song when he kind of gets towards the end he says i can't believe i'm really here as she's lying in that bed i can almost feel her touch and her anxious breath i stumble in the hallway outside the bedroom door i hear her call out to me i hear the fear in her voice she pulls the covers tighter i press against the door it was one of those where that was somebody he was in love with he wanted to be with her but he couldn't and you could hear the struggle and and when you hear todd sing that song you you hear that pain in his voice like yeah. it, this was something he had dreamed up in his mind like it I'm going in there, I want to do this, and and there's a lot of people that see some different things in the song and they're wrong, but he had that pain. Yeah. He had that pain of what he was trying to search out there, and it was that love pain like you're talking about. Now, to end off with you know, music and lyrics, there was somebody who said, if a lyric doesn't punch you in the dick, punch you in the heart, or punch you in the head, then it's meaningless. I agree. I mean, it, there is a place for bubblegum pop, right? It, you know, th there should be songs like Who Let the Dogs Out? Who, who? It, it, you know, nobody cares. I still I, don't know who let the dogs out. I'll well, I get on my kids because they won't let the dog out because he's got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. It, there there needs to be goofy songs. Right. There, there needs to be songs that you just kind of listen to, sit back, and you don't have to think about that are not 
high level in the lyrics and you just listen to it because it's fun. There's a lot of music out there that people don't actually kind of drag themselves into and figure out exactly why it's meaningful. With that said, thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Hopefully we did not depress you too much because now uh, I guess I'm going home and eating dinner, but... Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, I, I now now I'm I don't even want to listen to music tonight because now I'm gonna start digging deep in that Spotify playlist and start listening to songs. We will catch you on the next one. Thanks for all the support. Be good. <laughs>